Smarto is the global real-time advertising platform for mobile publishers and app developers, connecting supply and demand on a global scale. If you're looking to monetize your app or mobile website, the Smarto Publisher platform is your solution. It's the only integrated mobile monetization solution bringing mobile, native advertising and programmatic together on one platform. Connect to over 400 demand sources, bring your own ad network deals and let them all compete for the highest price on every ad impression. Sign up free, go to www.smarto.com. That's www.smato.com and get started today. Have you ever wondered what a good conversion rate is for an app? Uh, this is where my sponsor, Split Metrics, can come in and help you. They are an A-B testing and analytics platform for App Store pages. They can answer all your questions about optimizing your App Store presence, and they allow you to determine the elements that work and bring you more conversions and revenue. It's all with A-B split testing. Uh, to make your app more appealing, request a demo at www.splitmetrics.com forward slash appguy. That's splitmetrics.com forward slash appguy, all lowercase, and thank you so much to Split Metrics for supporting the show. Good morning, good afternoon, wherever you might be in the world. Uh, my name is John Bradford. I was the Managing Director of Techstars uh, London, and you are listening to the App Guy podcast. The App Guy podcast, straight from your host, Paul, the App Guy. Welcome to another episode of the App Guy podcast. I'm your host. It's uh, Paul Kemp. I, I love this show because we go uh, around the world and, and really chat with uh, the most interesting founders. You know, we've recorded 375 episodes almost, and I have yet to speak with uh, an editor, a journalist, and that's who we've got on. This is going to be a great episode. Do stay tuned for it. I want to introduce straight away, it's uh, Martin Bryant. Uh, he is the editor at large at The Next Web. And uh, everyone listening to this show must have heard of The Next Web. You can obviously go there as well and check it out. But uh, we're going to talk about um, uh, The Next Web, tech, uh, journalism, and just how to help us with uh, approaching journalists and stuff. So Martin, welcome to the App Guy podcast. Hello, Paul. Good to be here. It's it's great to have you on. You are actually, I think, our first journalist on this show, which <laughs> um, is wonderful. Um, what um, what is it actually you do at the next web? Let's start there. What what is uh, I've noticed you're editor at large. What does that mean? Yeah, well, this is a brand new role for me. Um, uh, at the time we're recording, I've been doing it for um, less than a week. Um, I uh, was previously editor-in-chief, which is it's a lot easier to ex explain editor-in-chief. I was uh, um, managing the team, making sure we were covering everything we were supposed to, looking at how to grow traffic, hiring new people, all of that kind of thing. Another thing I did uh, in that role was uh, going to accelerators to meet startups, uh, talk about uh, pitching to the press, things like that. Um, I uh, on TV and radio a lot, that kind of thing. You know, talking about tech news and things. Uh, and um, what we want to do now, we've we've had, we had a, a good growth spurt over the last few months. And um, in July, it was our best traffic month ever. In September, it was our second best traffic month ever. So you know, traffic tra tra traffic is going nicely. Uh, we wanted to uh, really push forward even faster. In into 2016. And uh, so we've had a, a reshuffle in the team. And uh, Matthew Hussey, who was previously our um, commissioning editor, uh, he's become our new editor-in-chief. He's got lots of ideas for growing the site and uh, pushing the team forward. Uh, and yeah, I'm, I'm focusing on really getting out there and uh, being a, a voice for the next web in all sorts of different ways, uh, including 
appearing on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. And Martin, you know, it's really refreshing to, you know, hear someone like yourself who actually does provide really good exposure for some of the startups, the, you know, apps that we have on this show as well. And and yet you're also thinking of growing and, uh, you know, trying to promote the next web. Uh, really, at the moment, it's it's social. That's where we can really make an impact uh, with our growth. And I think that's the same for, for most publishers. Um, uh, over the last few years, publishers have seen uh, Facebook become a really key uh, traffic source. Uh, for some people, it, it's more than Google. Um, I don't think we're quite at that stage, but it, it's certainly uh, an important uh source of traffic for us. Um, of course, the, the problem with uh, relying on Facebook for your traffic is that you're reliant on Facebook's algorithm and um, it's deciding whether each individual post you put on Facebook is is of interest to uh, your uh, to to your audience. Um, so sometimes you might post something and very very small number of people will see it. Um, so uh, the rules for what will be successful on Facebook are changing constantly. So we have a member of staff who is focused on on that and the strategies around uh, social growth, um, the way we use Twitter. So for example, we find uh, posting on Twitter with an image. Uh, pretty much always does better than without an image. Um, and again, you see that with a lot of publishers now, they will uh, tweet almost every time they tweet, they have an image uh, because it just gets more more engagement. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I yeah. would actually agree with you on that one, Martin, because I, um, I've been following a strategy of posting um, you know, images and uh, I've seen my um, sort of small audience you know, grow to, to something like th- 3 million one, one month for the number of people that see a tweet. And that's obviously better with images. So it's good to reinforce the, the kind of re- requirement of posting with images. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And uh, so if you look beyond that, then uh, there are all these other social platforms, um, Instagram, Snapchat, etc., where they can't really drive traffic to your site, but it's good to build a community around them. Uh, And I think BuzzFeed a great example of a, a site that are being very smart in the way they use uh, these platforms. Because what they, they're, they're basically saying is you don't necessarily need to go to BuzzFeed. Uh, you can go to um, Snapchat, Instagram, or wherever and uh, see um, BuzzFeed content. You might not necessarily ever click through from uh, that because uh, actually getting a link into those services uh, is, is, is hard to, uh, it's sometimes impossible. Um, but you'll experience the content in a distributed form around the web and uh, figuring out ways to monetize that through maybe sponsored content etc uh, is uh, is an interesting challenge and uh, yeah so uh, social media is definitely uh, our, our big traffic growth area so martin i have a lot of app entrepreneurs listening to this show and um, i've uh, gone out to a community of them and, and some of them have actually come back and suggested that we um you know, kind of focus on some of these questions here. So uh, how do app entrepreneurs and startup founders catch your eye as a potential journalist who has, uh, you know, the ability to uh, give good exposure to like maybe a new idea or a new app? Uh, Because I can imagine your email is like completely overbloated. So how do we, how's the best way of catching your eye and getting through to people like yourself? Uh, Yeah, so um, yeah, email is... uh, 
it can be difficult to get attention through email, but at the same time, it is the best way. And uh, I mean, I say this, uh, some people may disagree, but uh, certainly a lot of tech journalists I speak to uh, feel the same way. That although they have trouble keeping up with their email, they much prefer pitches via email than any other way. Uh, I get people who pitch me via Twitter, direct message, uh, via Facebook messages, um, all these different ways. Um, I had one via Instagram uh, message once as well. Right, so. Okay. Uh, and the problem is, it's impossible to keep up with uh, with all these pictures in different places. Uh, LinkedIn is another one um, I, where I'll get messages there, and it's hard for me to reply because I'll I'll be going through my email. I'll get a oh you've got a new LinkedIn message here it is, but then I have to click through and go to LinkedIn and reply there, and then the person will probably reply to me on LinkedIn even if I say email me back, uh, and so it just becomes really hard to deal with. If all my messages are in one place, it's a lot easier. Um, in terms of kind of ways to get attention. Um, Keep your emails short. Uh, keep the, especially for first contact, it's best to be uh, really plain, straightforward English. Really, just uh, get to the point about um, what's new and different about what you're doing and why we should be interested. Um, don't tell us everything. Uh, you get some people who will uh, paste in a 500-word press release that explains everything about them and has loads of buzzwords and things in. That's not a good way, uh, you know, because if you think someone's working through their email and if they don't already know you um, through an introduction or whatever, um, then if they just see a wall of text, they're not necessarily going to be that inclined to read through it. And, uh, you know, I personally know I've missed some great apps through pitches that just didn't catch my eye. And, you know, that's partly my fault um, uh, through not paying enough attention. But at the same time, I only have a certain amount of time to uh, check my email. So, yeah, brief email, which uh, tells me enough to interest me, and then I'll get back to you, and then we can take it from there. Martin, you can't leave us teased like that. What what have you missed? <laughs> Did you? Oh, um, uh, to, be, to be honest, it's hard to remember. I, I just know that, for example, um, I've seen things covered on other sites, and I've immediately got in touch with the people who, who launched those apps and said, why didn't you contact the next web? And they went, we did. We contacted you about two weeks ago. And I'll look back and I'll uh, have archived an email or, or whatever. And um, uh, I'll be like, oh, no. So, uh, yeah, it has happened. <laughs> it's, it's like all those investors that, you know, said no to Google and Twitter. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Absolutely. Yeah. And also, uh, you know, the uh, other thing is this is a show about apps and uh, the a Apple um, have just released the Apple News default app. Do you, and I noticed that was on your site as well. Do you have a view about that and how that may impact um, the way we, uh, you know, like consume our news? Yeah, well, this is this is part of a, a broader trend that in, uh, encapsulates uh, everything from ad blockers at the user's end through to things like Facebook um, instant articles um, and Google's AMP project, accelerated mobile pages, which is all about really stripped down, fast loading mobile pages. Um, so uh, yeah, and uh, Apple News is, is similar in that it's uh, a way to browse the news in one place. It loads really quickly because um, a lot of people complain about slow loading uh, pages. Um, on the web, um, especially on mobile, where you might have a, a slower connection. Um, so in that way, um, it's good. And it's good that people are looking to solve that problem. Facebook Instant Articles is another really interesting uh, way of doing that, although it's really slow to roll out. You know, We would like to get in on that. So hopefully, uh, uh, Facebook will get us uh, in on that at some point. Uh, we're certainly looking at um, uh, developing uh, accelerated mobile pages uh, as well uh, as another really fast way of uh, making sure that people can load our, our pages um, nicely on the uh, on on their phones. Um, but yeah, in terms of Apple News, um, I think the speed is great. 
I think the product isn't quite there yet. Um, if I look at it, I mean, I, I've got it on my home uh, screen on the phone. I don't open it that much. Um, I, I first time I opened it, I thought, hmm, this, this is quite... <laughs> Where did this come from? <laughs> uh, well, no, I thought this is a cool... cool I, I knew it was coming in iOS 9, but when I opened it, I was like, hmm, this is actually quite a, a good idea, but I'm not actually... I don't feel like I should go there. I still find my news through social media mainly or through um, you know, an RSS reader, you know, old school, because uh, you know, I'm a journalist, so I like to keep up with what people are writing. So I, I'll, I'll go through a list of everything they've written. So the, the, the upper way of um, you going through and suggesting I'm interested in these topics or these publications and then, then, then learning what you read and uh, giving you a feed of uh, the news it thinks you wants, uh, want is interesting. Um, but it's just, it, there's something about it. Uh, I'm not exactly sure what it is, but there's something about the way it's presented or um, the, there's something I don't know, or the algorithm that just doesn't draw me back to it. Yeah, and actually, um, when you compare it with uh, Google AMP, uh, that is pretty impressive when you have a, a first go at that. And I'll make sure, uh, as we're talking, that we do have people listening who are p potentially driving or doing something dangerous to write this stuff down. So everything <laughs> will be uh, in your show notes, Martin, at episode 375, which you can get from theappguy.co. Uh, so someone else as well, we we are indie app entrepreneurs, a lot of us, uh, you know, small startups and um, we're often competing against the big companies with big budgets and uh, also, you know, large venture capital funded startups. Uh, and someone asked about uh, how do, um, you know, the tech press take more responsibility for uh, maybe promoting diverse role models and sustain sustainable business models rather than jumping on like the, the bandwagon and the hype around um, you know big venture capital sort of startups and that do you have any view about uh, about that um you mean in, in terms of not necessarily uh, just going down the route of raising a load of money um, and uh, 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 rather you know bootstrapping and raising money through um, revenue and growing slower but uh, but but um, in, a, in a way that means that you're in control yeah it's more about uh, getting attention even though you are maybe a bootstrap startup and you don't have like a big VC firm behind you with some large investor who can maybe have the relationships at the, you know, the tech press to, to kind of get the attention during a launch. Uh, yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, in terms of, in terms of that, we make no distinction between uh, a VC backed firm or um, a bootstrapped firm at all. Um, it's all about the product and the pitch. So um, yes, uh, a big um, you know a, a, a startup that has millions in the bank from uh, well-known VC firms might be able to afford um, a uh, an on-staff PR person who knows how to pitch the press and that kind of thing. But really, the, the skills you need to contact the press. Um, are you know they're not that great. Um, it's about relationship building. It's about uh, like I said earlier, uh, being prompt uh, and uh, you know, being uh, brief in your emails and uh, just getting uh, what we need to know into those emails so that we're not overloaded with information and uh, so we're actually interested. Um, my dogs are going crazy again. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, and uh, yeah. So so really, we make no distinction. A great product is a great product, whoever it's from, and we want to tell our readers about it. So um, yeah, do get in touch. Uh, and um, the someone else asks. Uh, um, let's see. Uh, have you noticed anything um, 
unexpected from your readers. So you've got like some amazing readers who are obviously really into tech. And I wondered if you noticed any sort of interesting themes uh, from any kinds of products or service that are, services that you're talking about at the moment. Any, anything interesting that you're noticing as trends from your, what, what your readers are reading? From what our readers are reading, as in uh, what's popular on the site? Yeah, what, what's popular? What, you know, obviously, I, I think this is coming from the point of uh, any, anything we can glean from you that uh, you're seeing as an, as an upcoming trend based on the amount of um, you know, interest from readers. Um, I, I think that um, the most interesting trend this year that we're seeing, seeing from readers is, um, uh, and this feeds into what we've been saying already, uh, it, it's, it's a lack of tolerance around, um, uh, around slow-loading pages, around um, uh, overload of ads, that kind of thing. And uh, this is something that publishers are seeing um, across, across the web. When um, iOS 9 um, launched and included support for ad blockers, um, people were very worried, saying this would be an ad blockalypse, and overnight people would install ad blockers, and uh, nobody would get any revenue, and traffic would drop on all sites, and all that kind of thing. And uh, it hasn't happened. Um, certainly, we've noticed no um, notable drop in traffic at all uh, that we uh, we can really attribute to, to ad blockers and, and get worried about. So I don't think um, that's going to happen overnight. But there's definitely room for improvement in pu uh, amongst publishers and definitely an awareness, uh, increasing awareness among readers that there is more that publishers could be doing. And so, so that's certainly something uh, we're looking at from a technical point of view. And Martin, do you feel like uh, the makers of today, the startup founders, the uh, are they making stuff that that um, your users or readers or, or people that follow you are actually wanting? Do you feel like there's a good connection between what is being made and pushed via what is actually required? Uh, <laughs> do you have any views on that? Uh, I, th I mean, it's hard to say because um, I, don't, I don't think there's anything that um, our readers are asking for that isn't being made um, or anything like that. Um, uh, you know, a lot of, for example, our readers uh, probably similar. You know, certainly an overlapping audience with with this podcast in terms of we have a lot of people who are developers and designers um, and uh, you know, people in the app building business in some way, shape, or form, and so. Uh, if they've got a problem, uh, they'll probably want to solve it with uh, with a product that they'll build themselves. Um, so uh, yeah, I, I don't I don't think there's anything that I can really highlight there that uh, that isn't being made that, that could be, be uh, being made. Uh, and, and that's uh, but the thing is that's what's great about apps is that you don't know what you want until suddenly it appears in front of you and you're like, wow, this is just perfect for me. Yeah, and I'm actually thinking Instagram's latest one with the one-second video. <laughs> so. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, that, that Boomerang's a great example of an app that I, when it came out last week, I was like... That's a bit of a silly idea for an app because uh, everyone say, "Oh, it's it, it's it's like Vine, but rather than uh, you know seven seconds, it, it's it's one second loops." Uh, but it's not that at all. It's more like a it's like a boomerang of one second video. So it comes forward and goes back again. So you you have these. Uh, um, very fun, individual-looking, uh, very unique-looking uh, videos that you can make with it. Um, I made one the other day of. 
uh, one of my dogs rolling its eyes and um, <laughs> you know, it, it, it was just waking up and it was rolling its eyes and then because it, it, it then plays backwards it then looks like it's rolling its eyes back the other way um, and then it rolls forward <laughs> again um, I did one of a, a, a tram uh, here in Manchester where I'm based um, uh, with a, a tram pulling into a stop and uh, then as it pulls in it reverses back out again and uh, it's it, it just just fun I saw, a, I saw a really good one of, of dancing at a wedding and uh, so yeah, I don't know whether it's going to stick. I think the problem with Instagram uh, and Facebook in general, actually, is that they come up with these experimental apps that maybe last about five minutes in terms of how much people are actually interested in them. Uh, and uh, they, might, they might learn a bit about user interaction and what works and what doesn't work. But uh, yeah, you end up with all these apps on your phone that, uh, that never get used. That used. Uh, yeah, the, all, the other, all the other Instagram ones, uh, Layout, for example, um, another Instagram one, um, I, I think I opened that once to try it and I have no interest in that at all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's right. I think I'm the same. It's a one-hit wonder. Uh, I want to switch gears slightly because you uh, are... You know, a guest who is um, has a background of writing and uh, got into journalism. Uh, and I wondered about your story, Martin. Like, uh, uh, have you got any suggestions for anyone who wants to sort of follow a similar path uh, in terms of how you did it, how you actually became the editor at The Next Web and then what you're doing now? Uh, how, uh, any advice for anyone who wants to sort of follow a similar type of um, career path? Yeah, Um I mean, for me, I was uh, working in a school and I had a job where I was um, helping uh, kids make TV and radio programs uh, in the school. And it was, it was a fun job, um, but you know, I didn't exactly know where I'd go next because it, it wasn't really something you could turn into a career. Um, and so I, at lunch times and after work, I'd, I'd hang around in my um, office room and I'd uh, write technology blog posts. And uh, I'd just write them on my own site. Um, that site, uh, sadly, um, uh, I, I left it neglected um, without updating WordPress uh, for a while, and then it got hacked, and then it, it got uh, the ISP closed it down, and so I, I've, lo- I've basically lost it now. Um, uh, although I'm sure it'll be somewhere online, somewhere if someone wants to dig out and find it. But um, uh, yeah, so I, I just I was doing that for fun, and um, then uh, back on FriendFeed, which was a, a great service that Facebook bought, ended up buying. Uh, but it was a very innovative service back in uh, kind of two thousand eight, two thousand nine. It's the first place that had real time feeds. Um, I remember the day they launched real time feeds, and. Uh, it was like you couldn't keep up, basically. It was just a, a rain of content flying down your screen uh, as people were like, whoa, this is amazing, real time. Um, but uh, yeah, on there, um, Z, who was the former editor-in-chief at The Next Web um, before me, he had just started in that role. and He was looking for part-time people to write maybe one post a day, something like that. And uh, so I I said, how about me? And uh, I ended up um, joining the team and uh, writing uh, one, two, three posts a day uh, while I was doing other things, while I was doing my main day job. And uh, yeah, my first ever post was about uh, Google Wave. Um, it was, <laughs> right. and, and, uh, people may remember Google Wave uh, launched at Google I.O. 2009. It launched the day after Bing uh, was launched by Microsoft. And um, uh, yeah, my, my headline was, uh, Google's Wave drowns out Microsoft's Bing hype. Um, <laughs> I remember that title <laughs> this day. But uh, yeah, so really in terms of how I did it, I just got out there and wrote stuff. 
and then I joined a site. Um, most people will maybe join a, a site that's that's quite small, and then maybe join another site that's bigger. Um, I basically did that while staying at the same site because the next web was tiny when I joined, and uh, we're a lot bigger now, and we want to grow even bigger. But um, yeah, uh, you kind of learn on the job, uh, and the the best way to become a writer is to just start writing. Yeah, and it's actually it's so uh, ironic that I'm talking you, to you on the on the day following a, a launch of um, something I've been involved with, um, which helps writers actually um, helps writers avoid all the distractions. Uh, it's called Eyeless. And um, uh, what uh, I was going to ask you is about your discipline of writing as well, because I can imagine it like producing one to three posts a day whilst you're uh, actually got a you know some other kind of uh, role and job must be quite challenging. How do you keep the discipline of actually writing and, and getting the, the co content and articles actually um, you know, written and published? Well, I think if it was for just my own personal blog, I wouldn't have the discipline. I would probably just go, oh, well, I've had a busy day. I don't. I just want to sit and watch TV or, you know, uh, whatever. Um, and uh, so, yeah, um, I used to sometimes go on my personal blog. I might go a few days um, without writing a post and then I look at my personal blog now. I wrote a post, a very short post last week. That was my first post in about four or five months. So uh, yeah, that would probably be the same. Uh, but uh, because I was writing for um, The Next Web and we uh, were very small at the time, there was only one full-time editorial team member. That was Z, who was editor-in-chief. I mean, that's how small it was. I think there were like two or three part-time people writing with him. And uh, yeah, so the pressure was on to grow the site, and I was really passionate about writing about technology, and I really wanted to grow the site, and so I, I would just make the time. And I remember there'd be days where I would, back in those days, it was 2009, I had a little, um, one of those little uh, Asus uh, netbooks uh, that ran... Um, Windows XP, uh, used to be able to get them for like 150 quid or um, uh, 200 quid. And uh, yeah, um, so I, sometimes I'd be sitting on the bus um, uh, writing a post and, and, and tethering to my, uh, my phone to, uh, to get it published. Um, uh, I did that many times, kind of on a rush hour bus through through Manchester traffic, um, or I'd be doing it at lunch breaks, um, staying late after work to write something, um, uh, writing something really late at night to go out the next morning. So you're really just fitting it in. And um, the real driver for that was that we were a small team, we were ambitious, we wanted to grow, and the way to do that was just to make sure that we wrote stuff and had it out there. Let me take this opportunity to thank my sponsors. Smarto has the largest demand stack with over 420 demand partners integrated directly into their RTB exchange. While Smarto's extensive global demand reach allows an app developer to instantly monetize globally based on demand integrations inside the platform. So Smarto's publisher platform is called SPX and it's a fully equipped ad server with all the controls for both direct and indirect campaigns. What does all this mean for you? Well, I mean, complete control means more revenue. You control the floor price, you control how your demand sources compete, the largest number of integrated demand sources in the industry, in fact. So on top of that, Smarto's native ad builder and private marketplace allows you to make exclusive pre-auction deals with a fixed price for your inventory. And you can create your own native advertising creatives inside the platform itself with the most user-friendly native ad builder on the market. So sign up free now at www.smarto.com. That's www.smato.com, smarto.com, and get started today. 
thanks to Smarto for sponsoring the show. Split Metrics is an A-B testing platform for App Store and Google Play icons, screenshots, and videos. Now, they help to optimize App Store conversions and analyze user on-page behavior. The App Store product page is a short window for your app. You can create multiple variations for your App Store product pages and track how users react to different screenshots, title name, descriptions, video app previews, ratings, reviews, in-app purchases, and price. Split Metrics lets you experiment with every single element of your store listing page and shows you why they work. A detailed analytics report lets you understand visitor behavior and see what exactly resonated with your audience. It ensures that you communicate your application core values better and deliver an App Store page that converts. Split Metrics also allows validating your app idea, design, or messaging even before the app launch to the App Store or Google Play. You can get pre-release feedback, collect emails, and notify prospective users when your product goes live. So to try a new tool, get a demo at www.splitmetrics.com forward slash app guy, all lowercase, splitmetrics.com forward slash app guy. Thanks so much to Split Metrics for being a sponsor of the show. And now let's get back to the episode. So, so Martin, there's two things we need to do before we say goodbye to you then. One is that uh, we'd love to learn about the challenges that our um, guests face uh, in their you know day-to-day uh, work or in uh, what they're doing. Uh, it helps us to come up with ideas for potential apps, for example. So uh, what, what are, over the last month or two, or in fact, as you're doing your new role probably, uh, what are the big obstacles and frustrations that you're uh, seeing that uh, you feel like you wish there was a solution for? The big frustration I've always had and continue to have is email. Um, and uh, I, mean, I think that this would be one that a lot of people would say, just having too much email. And um, in my old role, it's funny, like, uh, when I was editor-in-chief, I got so much email, I very often um, couldn't keep up and I'd have to spend maybe two or three hours at the weekend uh, catching up with my email because I, I don't like having, I'm not one of those people who can have like a, an inbox of loads of unread emails for weeks and months at a time. I, I like to keep an empty inbox as much as possible. And so, uh, you know, I'd be using inbox by Gmail or mailbox or whatever app I was using at the time to uh, schedule emails to come back to me at a time when I could deal with them. And I'd sit in a coffee shop on Saturdays and write them. I've noticed that just in a few days since I announced I'm moving to a new role where um, I won't be maybe writing as much news or at least I won't be assigning news to other people as quite as much as I used to. Um, I've got a lot less email, which is nice. <laughs> but it's still something that I need to keep an eye on. It's still something I need to spend a lot of time thinking about and um, uh, replying to people. Um, I'm not one of those journalists who, who likes to ignore people. Um, uh, you know, there are lots of emails that I won't reply to, and I think they're completely irrelevant um, to the next web. Or you know, sometimes I literally don't have time to reply. Um, but I do like if people take the time. I do like to reply where I can, um, and and that eats up a lot of time. And uh, you know, people appreciate it. Appreciate saying no. Um, so just a way to manage pitches. Um, in, a, in a way that's really uh, nice and maybe maybe centralized so everyone can pick it up. Um, I know uh, Read Write, um, uh, the, the tech blog, they, um, they actually use Zendesk for their email. Um, uh, um, they, they were saying on Twitter recently that they use Zendesk, um, uh, which is obviously a, uh, a customer service platform. And uh, the people who, who send emails to them don't necessarily notice that uh, the emails are going to Zendesk. Um, but... Uh, um, uh, that means if anyone can handle them as they come in. But uh, yeah, there's got to be a smarter way of dealing with um, uh, massive amounts of email um, that uh, maybe doesn't use email at all. Well, well, if you have any app developers who want to solve that, maybe you want to listen to some past episodes. I know we had Dave Baggett, uh, who was trying to solve that. He uh, created uh, 
He was actually the founder, um, founding engineer of Crash Bandicoot, that big game in the uh, yeah. 90s. And then he's working, uh, spent a lot of money on that. Uh, uh, so that's a past episode. And then there's another guy, uh, Branko Cerny, who's obsessed with trying to solve that problem. Um, that was one of my earliest episodes back in, uh, I think, 40-ish. So uh, have a look at that. M- Martin, this is a show about apps. Final thing, uh, we love talking about apps. It wouldn't be... Uh, in a right to let you get away without giving us maybe one or two really cool app recommendations uh, from your phone uh, that you think we may not have come across before. <laughs> well, um, I was I was listening to a couple of shows earlier, and um, uh, so I was thinking, hmm, what, what could I what could I uh, uh, suggest um, uh, for this? Um, and uh, I was actually going to suggest Boomerang as uh, the app that's come out most recently that uh, that I've, I've been having fun with. Um, I stole your thunder on that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we, we, we've we've discussed that one already, um, and uh, yeah, but uh, yeah. So, so Boom, Boomerang definitely uh, definitely a fun app. Very very minimalist. Um, you know, there's not a lot to it's a single-purpose app, uh, but it, it does that very, very well. Um, I'll, I'll tell you an app that I use every day, and a lot of people have kind of either tried in the past and decided they don't like and have, have moved away from it, or they've never tried it and don't see the point of it. Uh, but uh, it's Swarm, and uh, which yeah. is obviously... Foursquare's um, a, a, a app for checking in. It used to be Foursquare had one app for place recommendations, you know, where do I go for to a restaurant, but also all the checking in um, of I'm at McDonald's or whatever. I don't think I've ever checked into a McDonald's, but um, I'm at McDonald's or whatever. Um, and uh, they moved that off um, uh, a couple of years ago to a, se- a separate app. And um, a lot of people, I think, didn't really like that. Uh, and um, I think a lot of people gave up on it around that. Uh, but uh, in recent months, they've really improved the app. It's so it's so much fun to use. Um, when, when I check in at places, um, uh, basically, I'm uh, I'm a religious user of Swarm. I literally check in every place I go. Uh, if if you know. Uh, the NSA ever wants to find out, or GCHQ <laughs> ever wants to find out where I've been, um, you know, uh, they'll just have to hack my Swarm account, I suppose. But um, uh, yeah, um, I, I check in everywhere. And um, I just love the fact that if I check in somewhere um, uh, that I've not been for a while, it'll say, this is your first check-in here in three years, um, or, or whatever. Or they, And they give you so many um, uh, just fun reasons to keep using the app i love the coins you get when you check in so you you, you for example if i check in at a place i check in every week and i'm the mayor i might get 13 points rather than um rather than one for a check-in because i've got uh, three because i'm the mayor 10 because it's uh, my uh, 15th week in a row checking in at that place um, uh, and uh, just all these fun, fun things you never know uh, it, it surprises you with lots of different things and every every Monday um, you get extra coins for your total uh, in the form of a piñata that you have to keep tapping on the screen to uh, to make all these coins explode all over the screen <laughs> uh, so I mean it's not for everyone but uh, um, yeah um, uh, I, I love it and I follow lots of people that I know so it's fun to see where people are and uh, what they're doing all over the world um, uh, someone I know is at the Wall Street Journal Europe in London at the moment, and I'm thinking, what, what's he doing there? And uh, someone else I know is on a on a, a seven train on the MTA subway in Queens. Um, uh, so yeah, it, it, it's a fun app that's you know it's been around for for six years in various forms, but uh, I think they've really got it right in the last few months, and uh, I really really love using it. So that's definitely one to one to check out. Well, Martin, I'm thrilled because uh, you happen to have mentioned an app that has never been mentioned before, and <laughs> a, an app that I use every day as well. So ah, <laughs> I, I am a big warmer as well uh, i'm obsessed with checking in so uh that's wonderful that you know, i can't believe that's never been talked about so um 
Uh, th this has been great, Martin. What a terrific uh, chat. I'm going to uh, make sure that we have um, all the links to those uh, apps uh, on your episode. It's uh, 375 and you can find that from theappguy.co. Just go and search Martin Bryant if you can't see it. Uh, and Martin, in the meantime, obviously now your email's uh, drying up a little bit. <laughs> what <laughs> you wondered, how's the best way of getting in touch? What's the, how's the best way of getting um, in contact with you? Uh, always, always email. Um, yeah, it's uh, martin at thenextweb.com. Wonderful. Martin, thanks so much for coming on the App Guy podcast. Really a pleasure talking to you and uh, um, all the best with um, your new role and uh, growing the next web to the next level. Thank you very much. And once again, thanks to our sponsor, Smarto, the global real-time advertising platform for mobile publishers and app developers. Smarto connects you to over 290 demand-side platforms and over 130 directly integrated ad networks. And counting, sign up in just a few minutes and start monetizing your app or mobile website. Go to www.smarto.com and click the sign up button. Splitmetrics claims that appealing screenshots can increase conversions by 30%. Their A-B testing and analytics platform lets you test icons, screenshots, and messaging to build an app profile page that converts. To understand how your design and messaging impacts your app store conversions, schedule a demo at splitmetrics.com forward slash app guy. And thanks very much to Splitmetrics for sponsoring the show. So just a few announcements there. One is that I'm going to uh, Apps World. That's in London on this Thursday, the 19th of November. In fact, it's a two-day event, 18th and 19th. Uh, but I'm just going for the 19th. And I would love to meet you in person. I'm only going really for networking and uh, meeting as many people as I can. So if you are going to Apps World, it's in the Excel Center in London, then please do get in touch. It's uh, paul at theappguy.co. Let me know you're going. Or best still, Twitter, uh, paul underscore s underscore kemp. And I'd love to just say hello, meet up with you, have a coffee. And also, I am on the homepage on Product Hunt fairly frequently. They've just updated their homepage front page, uh, which means that they're now including podcasts. Uh, and that means that a lot of uh, people are actually posting me on Product Hunt. So I'd love you to come and say hello, leave a comment or feedback when you see the App Guy podcast on Product Hunt. I look forward to delivering another episode shortly.